0: I firmly believe that our bodies and our brains are designed to be naturally thin. We've just overridden that innate wisdom with all the diet stuff that we learn along the way. And so rather than trying to be in your head all of the time trying to micromanage your body with calories or macros or portions or plate sizes or whatever we're doing, it's really being able to trust our body and rebuild that trust. And it does take a little sense of rebuilding because so many of us have kind of mistrust our body or we believe our body doesn't want to be naturally thin or totally. we believe our like our my body's failed me or it's hard to lose weight or I have to force my body to do things it doesn't want to do but when you really have the right tools and you know how to listen to your body you will see that your body has way more innate wisdom and it has the fastest path to your naturally thin weight
1: This is the podcast where you come alive to your own exclusive magic and find strategies to work that magic in the real world in a way that feels authentic and exciting and inspired and lucrative (laughs) and fun. I'm your coach, Bethany Shipley, and this is The Bethany Shipley Show. We are here with Laura Dixon, founder of Naturally Thin for Life, a weight loss coaching program for brilliant, type A, successful women who want to stop obsessively dieting and become naturally thin for life. Laura, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. What you guys are about to hear is night and day from anything you've ever heard before. (laughs) That's and right. yep and Laura, I have only heard probably, I would say three or four hours accumulatively of your information and I am like I'm just blown away. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've been asking questions on my notebook all week long. So <laughs> let's here do you it. are. Let's do it. Tell us everything starting from like maybe just give us the backstory to how did you, even come to this. This is such a unique angle in the world. Yeah. So I
0: am very like type A and very driven. And as a kid, I had a lot of anxiety and I had no idea what to do with it. I was like a a somewhat angry child. I like went through a little anger management. I just like had so much anxiety. I didn't know what to do. And I started using food to really like relieve myself of some of that anxiety. It gave me like a temporary relief or so I thought. And then of course using food in that way, I put on some weight and I wanted to lose weight. And so it started for me like in my teen years, wanting to lose weight. I was able to do it for a while. I would go to the YMCA for two hours a day and like work out hardcore. And I was able to do it by like really sort of extreme measures, either like being super restrictive in how much I was eating or working out hardcore. And then I went to college and then I put on weight. And so then I was like, okay, I should probably train for a marathon. (laughs) And so I'd like train for a marathon (laughs) to lose it. And I like hated running. And then I would, I got super into strict calorie counting and I tried like raw vegan for a while. And I tried like keto for a while. And I remember like on a walk one day, I'm doing this keto diet and I'm like, but I really want some raspberries. But I'm like, but I can't have raspberries. It's too, too many, grams <laughs> too <here."> many carbs. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, and it was just kind of like this constant slight neuroses of like wanting to lose weight being able to do it with strict and extreme measures and then finally get into this point where i was like i don't like i don't want to keep doing it this way anymore i did juice cleanses i did everything and on my wedding day i kind of had a panic attack in my wedding dress because i was like not weighing myself before my wedding day cuz i didn't want to drive myself crazy But I did like do like I had a did a raw juice in the morning and like the day kind of got away from me and I'd had a couple drinks and then I had been eating kind of, quote unquote, perfectly clean leading up to that day. And then I had had, you know, my juice in the morning and then I didn't eat a whole lot because I just kind of got distracted. It wasn't very intentional. And then I had a couple drinks and I was like, whoa, that hit me hard. And so then I was like eating like meatballs and bread and like all the stuff we had at our reception. And I got so uncomfortable in my dress that I like started to freak out and like kind of had a little bit of a panic attack. And I was like, I re- I'm i not doing this anymore. Like this is just crazy to me. And for me, I have three little kids. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And hopefully we are continued to be blessed with more children. I want more kids. And so I was like, I don't want to wait until I'm like, Done having kids either. And so I was like, I want to find a way at that time. I was like, I want to find a way of just like living in a body where it's easy and it's effortless. And it's something that I can do now before kids. It's something that I can do while I'm pregnant. It's something I can do after kids. Like, I'm like, I've seen these unicorn women. I didn't know very many of them, but I'm like, I've met a couple. So I know it's possible. And so I kind of just went on a journey to figure out a way to. Like really enjoy being in my body and feeling really good and not making it so hard on myself. Because the other thing that I'll just share briefly too, that kind of made it worse for me is I was super successful in my job and in my career. And before I started this business, I was a CPA and I was in public accounting. I was able to work a lot of hours and like get promoted very quickly. And then I was in a Fortune 500 tech company, and I was a director there. And so, and I was like one of the younger people in that role. And I just remember looking around and being like, how can I be so successful but find it so hard to lose weight. Like, this should not be that hard. <laughs> and so then I would, like, layer on all this judgment about, like, see what you can do in all these other areas and, like, you just suck at this, which was not useful, by the way. It's not um, useful,
1: but it's so rela- – Like, I'm so glad you're sharing it because everything you're saying is a conversation my sister-in-law and I had two days ago. So it it's definitely helpful. Thank you. Continue on. Yeah.
0: Right. But it's so – it's almost like infuriating. Not that it's not challenging for anyone else. Obviously, I'm only speaking about my own experience. And for a lot of the women I help, I have had a similar experience where you like, look at your life and you're like, for me, I'm like, I can do super complicated technical accounting research. I can read through thousands of pages of super complicated stuff and I can make it so easy for, you know, a vp or an svp or someone else to understand and i'm like but i can't get my body to lose some weight like you know like and so it can be so so frustrating and then i think a common thing that i see is we beat ourselves up for telling ourselves that we should have figured it out by now or we beat ourselves up for telling ourselves that we've let ourselves go or how did we gain so much weight or like what's wrong with you or like i should be able to do this
1: or we think it's a discipline problem
0: totally that's like
1: yeah and and
0: but yet at the same time we like look around and we're like a super disciplined person a hundred percent so then we're (laughs) like I must need more discipline (laughs)
1: I'll run a marathon I'll sign up for a marathon yeah yeah and then it's like for
0: a lot of people it's like imagine telling your your partner or your spouse or a loved one that you need more discipline for most of the people that I help they would be like yo you listen that's the last thing you need <laughs> you and that's need
1: okay you guys like listening you know every time I bring someone on the podcast I kind of pretend it's for all of you and <laughs> actually for me that is literally what's happened Laura yes every time I have said something about this to like my family they're like it's not a discipline <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> totally anyone from the outside looking in is like You don't need more self control. Like, right? It's which is so, I think, mind boggling for those of us that are able to do so much in our lives through discipline that it's a little bit of a mind trip when you really understand that actually the way to be naturally thin is not through the same form of discipline we're used to it's like sometimes a harsh discipline that we use on ourselves and when you're naturally thin it's like the most loving discipline and it's not a discipline as a way to follow someone else's prescribed rules for your body it's like the most kind loving discipline where you listen to your body and it's just so different than what we're often used to that it's why it's sort of evaded us <laughs> until I, this point.
1: And I I heard a podcast you did somewhere, I don't even remember where. Maybe it was your own podcast, which you guys definitely go subscribe to her podcast, um, Naturally Thin Podcast, right? Is what it's called. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Naturally thin for
1: life. Yep. Naturally thin for life. But um you said something in one of your your podcasts, I think, that was basically saying it's a different muscle. Totally. Can you talk yeah.
0: about that? Yeah, it is. It's so different than so how so many of us, and I talk a lot about type A personalities, but it, this is really for everyone. It's so different than what I think we're taught and what we're led to believe and how we create success in other areas of our life is often different from this skill. And what I mean by that is for so many of us, we're like, okay, I want to do this thing. Here are the things I'm going to do. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to like, kind of like keep at it with this a little bit like hard, white knuckly, like grit and grind sometimes. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't in other areas of our life. But the thing with your body is that you don't get a reprieve. Like when you, let's say you go to work and you use that energy all day at work, it may work for you. I have other opinions about that, not needing to be how you operate, but let's say it does you go to work and then you get to come home and then you get to relax. You kind of get a reprieve from that pressure or that white knuckle energy that we are used to using. Now, a lot of us turn to food and like I used wine as well to like kind of release some of that anxiety, release some of that pressure when I got home. But you do get a sort of time away from that space because you come home, you do other things, you have the weekend, you have vacation. But when you think about eating and being in your body, you are in your body all day long, 24 seven. You don't get a reprieve from that like pressure and that white knuckling energy if that's what you're using to live in your body, to be in your body and to tell you when to eat. And so listening to your body and having a relationship with food that is completely freeing and that is completely peaceful and not following someone else's rules for your body. It's just so different than what many of us are used to when it comes to losing weight. And many of us don't know people that live that way. And we're surrounded by, in our society, a different way of losing weight as the norm where you do follow someone else's rules, where it is almost like a badge of honor of like the more strict you can be and the more disciplined you can be and the more ultra marathons you can do or whatever it is like that's the key. And it therefore being naturally thin, quote unquote, is only reserved for those people rather than for me, naturally thin just means living at your body's optimal body weight and living there easily and peacefully and with all the freedom. And it is a muscle that we're actually born with. And so I firmly believe that our bodies and our brains are designed to be naturally thin. We've just overridden that innate wisdom with all the diet stuff that we learn along the way. And even well meaninged sometimes parents or teachers, you can even see us little kids and it's so easy to get into. So I even like notice the ease for me to fall into this as a parent myself. And so I don't mean this for anyone to like look at themselves and be like, oh, I shouldn't do that with my kids. But to even say to our kids, let's say you're out somewhere in public and there may be like making a little noise cuz cuz they're little kids that's what they do. <laughs> it's so easy to say in that moment, "Hey, do you want a snack?" Mm. But like those little moments teach us as ch- as children that like food is to distract.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: And so like for all of us, I think as adults, we can see not only when we're dieting, but often in how so many of us just grow up in society that we're taught through so many ways that food is something other than to care for and nourish and be a part of just living in a vibrant body.
1: Wow. Okay. So how do you know your body's naturally thin ideal weight? Yeah. So I love
0: this question. Um, And this is something I talk a lot about with women because very often when you think about what your naturally thin weight is. And so I often say to someone, so if you're listening, just put the number out there that comes to your mind. Like what's my naturally thin weight and let your brain just like give you your knee jerk reaction. And then you answer yourself, okay, where did that number come from? For a lot of people, it depends on the person, but I'll be curious what your answer is. A lot of people, it comes from something in the past. Maybe it's the lowest they were able to get to on a diet. Maybe there's a former plateau. They weren't able to break through and I don't believe plateaus are a real thing anyways, but like in their mind, they have this plateau. Or maybe it's the weight the doctor told them they should be at, or maybe it's the weight that they were in their wedding dress. But a lot of times what we think our naturally thin weight is, is just what our diet brain thinks our naturally thin weight is. And some people really are in tune with that and they have an idea of what it is. And so I'm curious for you, what, what came up for you when I said that? Yeah, Things for like me, you were
1: contemplating 100%. Like I, when I heard you ask this question on Dr. Edie's coach week, which is, was just amazing. You just totally slayed it. Um, Immediately, I thought 163. And where that came from for me was in high school, in basketball. And when I look back at the pictures of me, like playing in the all-star game and, you know, getting the awards and all that, I'm always like, damn, I look good, <laughs> you know? Yeah, And I'm like, I, and so then, you know, with five pounds, each kid, (laughs) um, I have felt like I've slipped farther and farther away from that confident version of myself. And so that's what comes to, yeah, you can see how easily I slip into how far I am away from that. But yeah, that's the number that comes to my mind.
0: Yeah. And isn't that so fascinating, right? That that's, where our brain goes it usually goes to something in the past and for some people they have been how they would describe naturally thin in other phases of their life and then something changed either they had kids or I've helped women that have gone through menopause and something has changed in their life where now they aren't naturally thin and then there's other women that have like I never felt that way ever that I remember. Um, so it kind of felt like my whole like childhood in younger years, like I didn't
1: ever feel like I was naturally thin. Oh, so you didn't get a number that you were going back to.
0: Well, when I first started on my naturally thin journey, I was, I was like close to 200 pounds and I was avoiding the scale for a long time. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get on the scale. But before I do, I'm going to like work out incessantly. I'm going to eat super clean because I like knew it had gone up. And so I was like, I'm going to do all these things. So I think for like a solid month, I was just so on top of it. And I'm like, I'm going to get on the scale and it's going to be like 165 pounds. I remember getting on and it was like 190. And I was just like, you know, that just crushed...
1: I know that feeling so well. (laughs) I know that feeling so well. I had the almost exact same situation happen. I was at the gym and I had been working out. So I was like, for sure this day, it's going to make the biggest difference. And I I left crying. Like I had to like hold in my tears till I got to the Jeep. Yeah. And isn't that
0: insane that we have tied so much to this number on the scale? It's so sad to me and devastating that like, especially us as women, like we spend so much of our mental energy, like even just like getting, holding your breath to get on the scale and be like, am I going to have a good day today or a bad day? I taking don't know. rings Let this off, number- taking yes, everything. Totally. You know Did what's so funny, yet?
1: Laura, I, after I went to the Jeep that day and I, you know, was like, started crying. I called my husband and I'm like, well, surely the scale is wrong like the gym the gym scale is wrong so i'm gonna go to your parents house and i'm gonna weigh on their scale because i'm not gonna be okay and (laughs) it was the same thing oh yeah so yes we put so much totally
0: i at one point was like i bought a second scale because i was like this one cannot be correct amazon when can i get one here because this one can't be right yeah and of course it was um But it's just, it's so sometimes hopeless, that feeling and like devastating, especially when you think you're like doing all the right things and you're like, it's still not moving. I'm like forcing myself to do all these things and I'm still not at the weight I want. And I think like for me that the sadder thing for myself and for other women that I help too is like. It's not just that you're not at the weight you want, but you're just not feeling the way you want to feel in your body. Like you want to be feeling more energized and more alive and more confident and more vibrant. And you want to just be feeling like fit and lean or however each person wants to feel. And so we think it's the number, but really, I think the sadness and the devastation comes from what we make that number mean. And it's how we want to just genuinely feel in our body.
1: So it's so true. And okay. So tell us your philosophy on like your entire coaching program from what I've gathered, and I'm not a part of it yet, but I cannot wait to be a part of it. Your philosophy starts with that question, right? How do you want to feel? Yes.
0: So I actually lost all of my weights before I even knew what coaching was. And so I knew I wanted to help other women in this way. And so, of course, it is a coaching program, but I have used coaching tools to help me understand how to translate that to other women. It's like coaching gave me the language to be able to teach other women what I was able to do. And one of the ways that we do that is by imagining yourself at your naturally thin weight. And whatever number that is, have that be the number that comes to mind. I often have women question that number, especially when you start to get closer to it for sometimes like I'm 25 pounds less than I thought my naturally thin weight was, which like blew blow my mind. And like to be at this weight after three kids, like 10 years ago, I would have never imagined that. And so we do that in a deliberate way, but just take whatever your naturally thin weight is that you're imagining now and just imagine, pick three words for how you imagine you feel physically and pick three words for how you imagine you feel emotionally. And it can be one to three words. And so someone might say, I wanna feel fit and strong and lean, right? That Those might be their three physical words or I wanna feel airy and energized and alive. And those might be their three words for how they imagine they feel. Or I want to just feel, you know, kind of like clean in my body and light. And that might be how they want to feel physically. And then maybe your emotion words, I want to feel confident or I want to feel proud or I want to feel sexy or I want to feel, um, I don't know, calm and relaxed and free. Right. And so you choose, I kind of think about it in those two categories, one to three emotion words and one to three physical words. And then your physical words. You want that to be like your your beacon of light for when you stop eating. And so you use kind of your emotion words and you tune into your hunger for when you start eating. And then when you're eating, let's say you want to feel light and lean and nourished. And that's how you imagine you feel every day when you're naturally thin, light and lean and nourished. So then when you're eating, you ask yourself, do I feel light and lean and nourished? If you want to feel that way before, during and after you eat, you can start feeling that way right now. And what happens is women are able to lose weight so rapidly and peacefully because you're tuning in to how you want to feel, how you imagine you'll feel potentially six months down the road, but you don't have to wait for that. You can start feeling that way like right now today, and that's what your body is like craving for you to feel that way. And so then you get to really tune into what I call your body's naturally thin roadmap. And it has the roadmap. Your brain and your body are designed for you to be at your optimal weight. And I use that word interchangeably with naturally thin weight. And your body will tell you exactly when, what, and how much to eat when you know how to tune into it and ditch what I call your diet brain.
1: Oh, that's so good. One of the things you said um, in somewhere <laughs> that I heard is that your body tells you when you need to go to the restroom. And we know that and instinctively we're like, oh, like right now I'm going to need to go to the bathroom. Um, and my my brain is aware of what's going on in my body. But you said the disconnect happens when our brains are like unable to basically communicate with our hunger. Yes,
0: So what often happens is if you imagine your brain and you imagine your body, and right now I kind of have my hands going in like two opposite directions. It's like, that's how they're communicating. Like your body's sending out cues, but your brain is like the the radio tower. It's not receiving them in the right way. And so we need to like bring them back into alignment so that when your body sends your brain a cue, like the need to pee. Your brain receives it calmly, like, okay, so we need to pee a little. But, you know, we're talking to someone right now, like, don't worry about it. We'll go take care of that in a little bit. It's not freaking out because you need to pee. Just like and that's how we can re, recreate the relationship with our hunger and our satiation levels to have it feel the same way. But what happens when we're dieting is we fall into the belief that someone else knows better than me when, what, and how much I should eat for my body. Right. But the insanity of that is that they're not connected to your body. And so when we are dieting in any sort of way, we literally teach our brain to try to micromanage our body. It's like, we're subconsciously telling our body, Hey body, you're like a terrible employee. So I need to like micromanage the crap out of you all day, every day. But really imagine your body's like the best employee and the best employee that's being micromanaged is going to rebel and get really angry and not enjoy that relationship at all. And so rather than trying to be in your head all of the time, trying to micromanage your body with calories or macros or portions or plate sizes or whatever we're doing, it's really being able to trust our body and rebuild that trust. And it does take a little sense of rebuilding because so many of us have kind of mistrust our body or we believe our body doesn't want to be naturally thin totally. or we believe our like our, my body's failed me or it's hard to lose weight or I have to force my body to do things it doesn't want to do. But when you really have the right tools and you know how to listen to your body, you will see that your body has way more innate wisdom and it has the fastest path to your naturally thin weight and and that's
1: different than intuitive eating, right?
0: It is different than intuitive eating. And there are some similarities, but one thing that I always tell people when you think about traditional intuitive eating, which I do think at, at its core, at its foundation, intuitive eating is really listening to your body. But sometimes I think in sort of like mainstream or kind of like traditional intuitive eating that we sort of see as uh not a diet but kind of like a different way of eating it's kind of like eat whatever you want whenever you want yeah. <laughs> because and my intuitive eating led me to nine Oreos so don't... I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean I was eating cookie dough legit three times a day for a couple of days when I was doing intuitive eating Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> it, my body was telling me that that's what I wanted <laughs> totally yeah. and it's like when we try to do intuitive eating with a diet brain, all it's going to be is it's going to be years of rebellion. It's like letting a caged animal free. They're just going to go a little wild. And so to try to go from dieting or any restriction or any deprivation to quote unquote intuitive eating, I think we just like miss the mark because like we need a bridge to be able to get there. We need to know how to tune back into our body. Like, And I don't think we can get there right out of the gate like when we've been dieting. We need some tools to help us.
1: So good. Okay, so you talk about having kind of this scale that helps you measure when to start eating, when to stop eating. Yes. Yeah, so
0: what I suggest people do when they get started to really have tools to use your brain, right? If you imagine your brain's been trying to outsmart your body, it's trying to micromanage your body, It's so hard then for many people to just be like, oh, I'm just going to listen to my body because I just don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so you need some ways to teach your brain to tune back into your body. And one of the ways we do that is through hunger and really getting to know what your optimal hunger level is. And I suggest using a scale of one to 10, one being not hungry at all, 10 being very hungry and just being able to describe in very neutral, objective language, what does it feel like when I'm at a three? what does it feel like when I'm at a five? What does it feel like when I'm at a seven? What does it feel like when I'm at a nine? And notice just the simply physical ways that your body gives you different hunger cues. And what many people notice through that process is they will get to know their hunger, but they will also notice that they fear hunger. And so having fear around hunger is super normal because we've been teaching ourselves to override it to eat when we're not hungry, but also to force ourselves to very uncomfortable hunger levels. And so you just really get to know how exactly does my body tell me when I'm hungry and be able to describe that to yourself in the most neutral, objective, calm way, as if you were asking a child to describe it and you didn't want to freak them
1: out. That it was so helpful for me when you you taught that. And I I've been telling so many people about you that <laughs> I'm like, she teaches this thing where it's like if you're at a one, it's like you just walked out of Ryan's buffet on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> where you're super uncomfortable and super full. A 10 is like you're lightheaded, dizzy, starving. And it's so incredible because just that tool I have been practicing for the last few weeks. So my ideal is to start eating at a seven. And I don't know if you know this, but I have four little kids, um very similar ages this year. So I'm right there with you. And I noticed how many times I would just grab the last chicken nugget or grab the last, like, well, I don't want to throw it away. It's gonna go to the chickens, like I don't wanna waste it. Um, did you find that challenging when you started too? Like just kind of those like easy, like or m- walking garbage disposal. Yeah,
0: totally. It makes you so conscious about how frequent many of us are eating when we're not hungry, right? Even if it's like, oh, I'll just like have a little bit of this or, oh, there's like clementines in the break room. I'll just like have a clementine. And you're like, well, it's fine. It's healthy. But your body isn't actually hungry. And so of course you can eat the food if you want to eat it. But do you want to get in the habit of like, continually overriding your body's cues and for me with little kids I mean there's just food around all the time it feels like like and so snacks
1: galore constantly dishing out snacks juice
0: yeah and like one's hungry and then the other one's not hungry and then the other one's hungry a little bit later and then you're making dinner and like I have like I have a five or three and a one year old so like making dinner a half an hour to make dinner it usually takes me like 90 minutes because then we got to go potty like right and so it's just like there's just food or seemingly around all of the time and without these tools I think it can be so easy to totally unconsciously just like eat a little here and eat a little there and what happens then is it doesn't start unwell intended but it creates this habit where we're teaching ourselves to override our body's cues. Yeah. It would be like going to the bathroom every hour when you don't have to go.
1: Right. And, and so that's, that's so helpful. It's been so helpful just to have that tool. Have you ever, obviously you live a very, um, I'm going to say busy, not in a really great way. You have a lot going on in your life. You've got these kids, you've got your business. You probably have to schedule lunchtime, right?
0: Yeah, so I actually, I've gone through different phases where I do schedule time for like, I'm going to eat at this time. I feel so much kind of peace and freedom where I'll just kind of eat when I'm hungry and fit it in. And that can look different, different days. And so I teach a tool of how to plan when, what, and how much to eat that is not time based. And so for me, that tool is to help you tune back into all of your body's cues so that you don't need to plan it out anymore. And so for me, I'm at the place now where I don't really plan my food. Like I don't write down what I'm going to eat for the day. And I just kind of maybe know a little bit of of what I'm going to eat or when I'm going to eat. And I know what my schedule is. And then I just eat when I'm hungry. And it's like, it's just not something that's really on my mind.
1: You just keep it. You kind of keep it as a part of your life. Do you, are would you consider yourself a foodie?
0: Um, If you would say I will only ever eat great food. Yes. <laughs> I, I refuse to eat food that is not super tasty and good.
1: So you really do enjoy the experience as well. Yes. Did you ever, at the beginning of this journey, did you feel... Like you would end up with a few bites left on your plate and you're like, I just really like the way that tastes and I'm going to miss out on this feeling for the last few bites. How did you navigate that?
0: Yeah, that's such a good question, especially when I think for people that are eating food that tastes really good. And maybe it's for everyone, but my own experience is the more in tune with my body that I'm, that I am the less tolerant. I am of food that doesn't taste good. And so I, like I was saying, will only eat food that I truly, truly enjoy. And what that means then though, is that I know the next meal, it's going to be the same. Like, it's not like this is the one meal that's going to be so good. And then I'm going to eat something that I don't really want the next meal. I know every single time that I sit down to eat, it's going to be something that I actually really want that tastes really good that I'm going to enjoy. And it's going to be the same multiple times a day, every day. And so I never feel like I got to just get the last couple bites because the next time I'm not going to be eating something that's as good. But I'm like, no, every time I'm going to be eating something that's just as good. Maybe next time it's going to be better. Who knows? And what I, in that moment when I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to eat more, and now it's totally innate, but when you're getting started, what I think we often believe when we're dieting is we get into this headspace of like, well, how much can I get away with? Like, right. how much food can I get away with? How many <laughs> calories can I get away with? Right. And so we're like in this headspace of how much can I get away with versus when do I want to stop eating so that I get to spend the rest of my evening feeling incredible in my body? Mm. And so it's shifting from how can I just eat a couple more bites and thinking that that's the gratification and shifting into how I feel in my body is the gratification that I get all day, every day. And so- I then get to feel incredible in my body and knowing the next time I'm going to eat, it's going to be great food too. I never, ever feel like I'm missing out.
1: So when you're eating, what is your number that you stop at?
0: Yeah. So I teach two different, inside my program, I teach two different ways. Okay. One is like a percentage scale. Like when, what percentage do you want to stop eating it? And the reason I use that percentage is from 0% to hundred percent, hundred percent being like Thanksgiving full, I'm going to take a (laughs) nap. And the reason I use the percentage is for you to associate back to the physical ways you want to feel in your body. So some people use the percentage. Some people use like those three physical words we were using earlier. And so for me, I want to feel energized. I want to feel nourished and I want to feel light all at the same time. And it's different for different times of the day. So that's usually how I want to feel during the day. Sometimes I live in Wisconsin, and so sometimes it's super cold here. Sometimes I just want to feel grounded and warm and energized. And so I will choose different words for different times of day, different seasons, but it just helps me tune back into my body. And so then when I'm sitting there eating and I have a couple of bites, let's say, left of food or I have some food. I'll just ask myself, do I feel energized and nourished and light? Do I feel energized and warm and grounded? And if the answer is yes, then I'm like, great. I get to keep feeling this way for the rest of the evening. And I know there's going to be another amazing meal. Not that far in my future.
1: That that right there, I think probably for a lot of people who, I don't know if this is like a childhood thing or you know an abundance mindset issue or something, but- that definitely resonates. It's like, I'm probably just going to get one really good meal today. And this Mm. is going to be it. Cause you know, I don't know if you've seen that meme or that little, it's like a reel and it's like, mom says, no, we can't go out. We have food at home. And then it's like the food at home and it's ice and they're pouring water over the ice and (laughs) sprinkling it with shredded ice. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that might be part of it too, is like just literally conditioning. Like hey, we are now at a point in our life where we have access to food. And even the most simple, basic, it's not like you have to have a ton of money to make amazing food nowadays. I mean, you have potatoes (laughs) in the air fryer. They're incredible, you know? Totally.
0: And for us, we don't eat out, really. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I don't want to or... I, I don't know why it just, it's so much easier for me with three little kids to just yeah. eat at home. And so we make all of our own food and that for me doesn't need to mean spending tons and tons of time in the kitchen. Yeah. It takes a little longer because I, I have three little kids, but <laughs> I enjoy food that we make. And so I only ever make things that are super like tasty to me and it just makes not only like the making of the food and the enjoyment of the food. And so many people think that we need to part of the enjoyment of food is like eating in abundance with mm. other people. And so for me, even with my kids, if I'm not hungry, I don't eat at dinner, dinner time. Okay,
1: You wait until it's time. You just You just you really do wait till you're at to- a seven or whatever. Totally. And
0: also for me, I think it's different for different people dinner time is a little like sometimes it's loud and sometimes this one wants this and sometimes someone else wants something else. And then like, can I get my water? And then I need to go to the bathroom. It's just like a little chaotic sometimes. So I'm, like, I just want to be present with them and help them with their eating. And then I'll eat when it's just like calm. And that may mean at it- Three thirty when my son's coming home from school and they're doing whatever they're doing and that's when I'm hungry. Or it may mean I eat at a bigger meal at two o'clock. Or it may mean I eat after they're done with dinner. And sometimes I will eat with them if I am hungry. But it's so fascinating, especially with little kids that have never learned anything to the contrary. They're like, "Oh, you're not eating? Are you hungry?" I'm like, "No." Like, "Okay." Yeah. It makes it makes total sense to them. They don't think it's. Weird, And so then they also have permission to be around other people who are eating and be like, no, thanks.
1: I'm not hungry. Right. So then for your kids, are there ever times where at dinner, like it's like dinner time, you've prepared for them and they're not hungry. Sometimes they are
0: very active. They always seem like they are hungry. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that all kids? Um, well, I think for me, um, I mean, I don't know. Part of it is our oldest um, has like oral sensory issues and so food is not always just are you hungry it's most of the time this huge hurdle of like please just take a bite like eat we know you're hungry he knows he's hungry um but then the other kids find their way to like the pantry and they are self-serving oh totally a lot of the time so I feel like sometimes I do them a disservice by letting them do that because then they're not actually hungry for the meal but yeah
0: you know I think I don't, this is obviously just my opinion I think that there can totally be a balance for for us in our house some days like we make these they're not really cookies they're like energy they call them energy bites of like I don't know some banana oat thing and the other day my son was like I want some he got some cookies I'm like sure you can they're in the freezer he goes and he gets a couple and then they have a couple and then Gemma and my daughter wants some so and, I mean he probably had like six of these like energy bites or whatever (laughs) and so she did too yeah and so then it's like quote unquote dinner time and they sit down and eat and my daughter's like i'm not that hungry so she eats a couple bites she's like i just want a couple sweet potatoes and then she's done and i'm like okay and then there are other days that i'm like no we're like i'm making this meal like we're gonna eat soon like you can just wait to eat yeah and so like i think Having that freedom because that's how I eat too. Like some days I just want some energy bites and then I'll eat in a little bit. And some days I want to wait until I'm going to eat a different type of meal. Like it just depends on like what my body is wanting and not needing it to be like this rigid thing where you are you will always wait until we eat at 5.15. And just letting them listen to their body and sometimes too for me with with them as kids is – We don't eat gluten or dairy because my daughter's very sensitive to them. Um, So that means sometimes when we go out other places, like we bring our own food. But it also means for me sometimes like letting my son who's turning six, like letting him eat some extra chocolate and not feeling so great. Like he wants it. And I'm like, well, what's your body telling you? How is it going to feel? And he eats it and he's like, Oh my like my tummy doesn't feel so great. I'm like that's so good to know. Like yeah. now you know that. And it's the same for us as adults. Like the only way we can know what doesn't feel good is to not purposefully do it, but like tune in and be like, "Oh, when I ate at 7:30, it didn't feel so great going to yeah. bed or
1: whatever it is." Oh, that's so good. I, my oldest son, he I remember he just had this like instinctual way to figure this out. He was playing with his grandpa. He's probably like four. And he said, I'm hungry all the way to my ankles. And so he's like picturing it as like a little thermometer. And so we've started using that, you know, and sometimes, I mean, not lately, but in the past we've used that in, you know, where, where are you hungry? And then other times I feel like he's very intuitive, but then other kids maybe have more of a tendency to be disconnected and so if they eat something like you know during the awful awful easter season where they're getting candy (laughs) like blue candy red candy um i'll like help point it out like you're feeling kind of wild right now we we know that like blue dye does that to your brain and they'll be like oh yeah you're right so i think i hear what you're saying sometimes it's like we get to point it out or maybe bring it up to them and other times they just feel it and they just know totally so i love having drinks like sweet tea coffee water all of the above (laughs) pretty much every afternoon i have a habit of having some special drink um what is your sometimes while i'm preparing it or if i we have like a gas station around here called qt and they have a tea bar Um, sometimes my brain will say, Well, you know how many calories that is. Like you're Mm -hmm. just drinking your calories. You're, you know, (laughs) what is your philosophy on drinks? Yeah. It's the same philosophy that I have with food.
0: Is I just like to understand like why I want something and don't get me wrong. There are totally times that I will drink something just because I want to drink it. I'm not like, oh, I need this nutritionally. I'm just like, I just want it because it tastes good. But what I ask myself and with all sort of like what I call sort of like an indulgence, meaning it's not something that your body probably needs or requires. And so like, I eat chocolate every day I eat popcorn every day. Usually I go through different kicks of a couple different snacks or cauliflower straws or something. And I'm like, I know my body doesn't need this, but I want to incorporate things like that into my day that I enjoy, but that also allow me to feel the way I want to feel and allow me to live in this body that feels really good. And so I think when we ask ourselves that question about food and or drinks, we can just see how different food and drinks affect us and understanding why all eating, all drinking, anything is emotionally driven, even when we're hungry. So like when we're hungry, we have the desire to eat. We want that desire to eat. That's a really good thing. But at some point, it tips the scales into over-desire. And it starts to become a desire that stops serving us. And we start to desire food when we're not hungry or desire drinks or desire something that's not serving our body. And so it's asking yourself, like, am I in this desire that's serving me or am I in a desire that's not serving me? And why? And there'll always be some underlying emotion behind that desire that's not serving you. The desire to eat when you're hungry usually feels calm and peaceful and nourishing and nurturing and like you're really caring for yourself and the desire over desire that's not serving you for most people it feels a little like urgent or frantic or squirrely or a little jittery or something other than like I'm truly loving on and taking care of my body
1: that's so good wow I just feel like this whole, this whole thing is just so counter culture. (laughs) And it's also, I mean, I, I'm at the place right now where I've kind of eaten up all of your (laughs) pun intended, eaten up all (laughs) of your content. Um, (laughs) and I'm at, at the point of like, okay, I'm about to get ready to step back on the scale. What would you say to the person? Um, you know, just. The person like me (laughs) that is kind of creating it out to be if it's actually going to work it's going to take triple the effort
0: oh yeah so
1: like I've done like I've done these diets where I've just like really tracked everything I've put it in the app I've and then really my my burnout moment is usually about three weeks in yeah. when I'm like, this does not fit with my life. I am stressed about this now on top of all of the other stresses of my life. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I guess I'll just, this is the new me. This is just the new me. This is how it's going to be. What would you say to the person like me? Cause I know I'm not alone. Cause I'm having these conversations with my friends and my family and people who get it. Who are like, all right, I'm going to just try. I'm ready to try again in this new way, but I'm freaking out. Yes.
0: I always say to someone, if you're like excited and scared, you're right on track because it's normal to be scared and have a little fear, I think, because we've had so much disappointment and like feelings of devastation and defeat. And like, we are really hard on ourselves and we make it really hard on ourselves because we... Are led to believe that that's the only way to try to lose weight. And so it's really normal to have that. So I just like to normalize that for everyone. I think that's like probably, I don't know like data for sure, but I have to imagine that's like 99% of people, right? Because they have tried so many times before. And what I would love for you know you and everyone to do is like, just imagine, but when you are in your naturally thin body because it's there your mind is there the connection is there you're just re-establishing it you're just making it stronger and you imagine going throughout your day and you only think about food when you're hungry you easily choose food that serves you and you easily stop when you're at your optimal satisfaction level you're at your naturally thin weight And you never need to like prepare for an event and you're just always in the size you want. You always feel good. And of course, there's moments of a little overeating here and there, but it's perfection is not required. The amount of mental energy and mental space and time. Some of us intellectually know that it's taking time and it's taking mental energy and space. But when you are truly free of that, like you have so much more time and you feel so much better in your body. To do something when you're not feeling bloated and you're not feeling like lethargic and when you're just feeling like light and energized and vibrant and like on fire in your own body, it's so much easier to go throughout your day. And so I always love to remind people, like, imagine what that feels like. And you can start feeling that way today. And you can start feeling more and more of that way. And when you think about getting back on the scale, I... Love the scale. The scale is a tool to serve you, not a tool to be served with. And using scale, the scale in that way means you get to see it as data. To truly help you. And one of the examples I often give is the scale not only gives you a measurable result, you can see real time like, am I, is it working in the way that I think or the way that I want? And of course, there's times where it goes up and it goes down, and sometimes it doesn't move. And it can really just help you tune into how food is landing and resonating in your body. But also, it can really help you get to know your body. Like when I ovulate, I put on four pounds every single time. Really? Yes. And I know the exact day of the month. It's like always about day 16. So how
1: often do you recommend kind of using the scale as taking inventory? Yeah. Twice a day. Twice a day. (laughs) I I almost feel like that's freeing because it's like less on one time. It's like. Yes, it's the same with when I was talking
0: about the same, but different (laughs) when I was talking about eating food you enjoy. It's like, you know, it's like right around the corner. It's just like not that big of a deal. And because so many people that I help have struggled with like what I'll call like scale obsession or scale avoidance or making the scale mean something about us at such a deep level, which it does not mean when you get on the scale twice a day. And it's what I suggest to everyone, especially women that morning and night. Yep. So right away in the morning, right away in the evening, the first thing that happens is you see. Every single day, the scale fluctuates and it's totally normal. Your body is designed to fluctuate. It is not designed to be the same. It's not designed to go down in a straight line way. And so what you will see is you will see that the scale fluctuates. And so your brain is just being fed with fluctuations. And so it actually starts to release any obsession. It starts to release any attachment because the point of the scale is to truly see it as objective data to help you get to know your body. That's all. And so when you're doing it that way, and then you're like, oh, you know, you make some observations and then you will also start to notice how your body loses weight. For some people, their body will lose three to four pounds and then it recalibrates and then it loses three to four more pounds. And then for some people, they'll notice, oh, I put on two to three pounds the first day of my period. Or for me, I put on like four pounds when I start to ovulate. And so rather than... Let's say you get on the scale and you're ovulating, but you don't know that because you haven't been using the scale in that way. And it went up four pounds and you're like, oh my gosh, it this went isn't up four working. pounds. <laughs> this isn't working. What am I doing? <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, it's just the time of the month.
1: Yeah. So, okay. That, that's really, really helpful to know. So twice a day, morning, night, design, it's designed to fluctuate. Do you write it down so you can keep data points or do you just kind of catalog it in your head? Yeah. So for
0: me now, like I'm just kind of at my naturally thin weight, but like when I'm losing weight after a baby or when I suggest someone get started with this, like when someone comes into my program, they all get a hard copy workbook. And in there you are writing down your morning weight and your evening weight just to really see what they are as a true data tool. And the other reason I'd love to use the scale is you can think of it as like a, like a flushing system where you imagine you step on the scale, and you have default thoughts and you have default emotions that come up based on that number. And it's like the scale will bring to the surface all of your diet thinking, yeah. all of your non naturally thin thinking, so that you can be like, oh, so that's what's happening in my brain. Now, how do I change that so that I align with my naturally thin self? And sometimes I think we think, well, let's just like tuck all that away under the rug. But that programming is running all day, every day. And so the scale can be a way for you to see if you get on and you feel really devastated, you can be like, well, why? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm telling myself that I shouldn't have let myself go or I shouldn't weigh this amount or there's something wrong with me or I need more self-control. I need more discipline. You can be like, hold on. Do I want to keep believing any of that crap I've been telling myself? For some of us, the only way to know like what's happening in our brain, all in running like that automated programming, is to get on the scale and like we flush it up to the surface so that you can see it and like truly unwind it and let it go. So it gets to be like the scale gets to work for both of those mm-hmm. data to get to know your body and like a flushing service yeah.
1: to get to know what's <laughs> happening in your face. brain. <laughs> I love that. We lived in a camper for a while while we were finishing our house and um. I hated the toilet like I hated it <laughs> and so I will definitely be visualizing dumping the tank of the nasty yeah. thoughts totally um, okay so p- p- give us a peek inside of your program like I you just mentioned a workbook that mm-hmm. has clearly some like journal stuff going on what else happens in there
0: yes so inside of the program you go through what I call the core five-step method. So it's the naturally thin method that it's designed for women to go through in a very methodical order where like we start when you're making food decisions, we start with your hunger, for example, because if you don't start eating a meal calm, and you feel calm with hunger, it's really hard to stop eating at your optimal level. Like if you start a meal frantic and urgent and rushed and anxious or anything else, right? It's really hard to then tune into your optimal satisfaction level. So you go throughout the program in that core five-step method. And really, I give you tools to really know exactly when, what, and how much your unique body wants. And you go through a process and you get a I call it your companion. It's like your, your guidebook that okay. sits right next to you so that you are implementing everything you learn every step along the way. So many of us self-included, like learning is so fun. And yeah. so when you're learning about something you love, it's so easy to just like learn, 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 learn. And so you get a workbook to implement every tool that I teach you. And then you use that workbook. There's daily exercises for 90 days because it takes about 90 days to like really have that freedom and you're losing weight all along the way but after about 90 days i've seen pretty consistently women are like oh this is just how i like live now Mm -hmm. like i've like come back home to really living this way and so you go throughout that method and you understand exactly how to eat for your body all of your unique obstacles. And I give you all these tools to kind of have in your disposal for anytime you do have an obstacle or anytime you do have a challenge. And of course we have live coaching and live support. So you can ask me any question, anytime, and I will help you work through that.
1: And that's kind of like once a week or just depending. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So we have live calls once a week, but okay. also we have a written coaching that's open 24 seven. So Great. anytime someone needs help or support, they can, you know, ask me and they will, they will get that. And one of the modules in the five steps is really having the tools to coach yourself and coach your own brain so that of course like use me and ask for my help anytime but what i want to help women more than anything is to never need any external accountability to never need anyone but their own selves and to just have so much connection with their own body and so much love for feeling good that they genuinely like, are like, I have this for the rest of my life. So what you eat may change over time. I think it does for all of us, but you have the tools to know exactly when, what, and how much to eat for your body so that you're just good <laughs>
1: for the rest of your life. Oh, that's so exciting. I I can't wait. Okay. My last question is what is your favorite transformation story of someone who's been in your program? Hmm. Oh my gosh. I just had like 10 come to my mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will give you, um, and you can use obviously like a fictitious name if you want or whatever, but I just yeah. want to hear like, cause you know, obviously people listening to this and myself included, it's so mythical inside your program. It's like, it, are people really doing, it? is it really working? Like, yeah. is this possible? <laughs> That's so, so on my
0: uh, like sales page. So when someone goes to join, obviously, and they can read about it, we have a bunch of testimonials. I think we have maybe like, I don't know, 10 or 12. And I keep wanting to add more. And my I run Facebook ads, and they're like, listen, that page is getting too hard to load. Like, you got to stop adding so so many testimonials. Um, That's so
1: because <laughs> so, I got sponsored, I saw your sponsored ad. Of course I clicked it. Of course I watched the videos. It was fantastic. Well <laughs> done. I got on your email list, all of that. And uh, and I also did have a little trouble one time. It was like 502 gateway something. And so I refreshed and I, I got there, but.
0: So yeah, so I, I'm i like, I've got more. And they're like, no, no, no. Either need to take some out <laughs> or swap some new ones in. Um, but one of my favorite ones is there's a couple common themes. And one is that just women feel more in control. Like I just finally feel like a calm control, not a neurotic control. And the sense of like, I feel like I can finally execute on other dreams. Like Mm. this isn't taking my time. I feel so energized and alive. And I will see women switch career paths, take a promotion, start their own business. Like, totally make crazy different decisions in their lives because they feel so incredible in their bodies. And so one of the stories, she was on my podcast, her name is Erica. She had gained, I think like 20 pounds or so. Her husband had had a couple of strokes. She like went through a really stressful time and she wanted to just like feel good as she was caring for him. And so she's like, I was super, you know, busy in my life caring for my husband who went through this. I just put on some weight and she's like, I use these tools and I felt so incredible in my own body. I got so clear on some things I wanted in my life and I felt like I had so much attention and focus to be able to care for my husband because I'm not in my head about what I should be eating. And I'm not feeling guilty for what I'm eating. And I'm feeling so good physically. And then someone else is just coming to my mind. Her name is Jamie. She just was like neurotically counting calories. And she had moved <laughs> her family across the country and like took a new job promotion with super stress, put on, I think like 20 plus pounds. And she was like, I just, I, I can't count another calorie. And she was kind of like what you were saying earlier. She's yeah. like, maybe this is just how I live forever. The but there's meat. that- yeah, maybe this is just the new me.
1: Yeah.
0: But, but there's like that inner knowing discomfort of like, yeah, yeah. But, but I want to feel better and like I want to live differently.
1: That is amazing. Thank you for sharing those. And I, I have to go find those specific podcasts. I haven't heard that yet. All right. Fill them in. Where can they? It's, it's your website is. Yes. LauraDixonCoaching.com. Okay. And your podcast is? It is also there too.
0: Perfect. Um, so if, yes. And you can um, look for Naturally Thin for Life if you just like on a podcast.
1: And yeah. your email list is awesome. Like your great content. If you get, you know, I don't, I, I'm very selective with emails, Yeah. <laughs> but I love your emails. So thank oh you. God. Yes. So you guys go sign up and get all of the good stuff. Like you could even do like, do like I've been doing and binge listen on all of the stuff that Laura puts out for free thank you so much for being here this has just been incredible and I'm so grateful so grateful to you
0: thank you so much for having me
1: Thank you so much for listening to The Bethany Shipley Show. I hope you feel more inspired. I hope you feel more excited, more clear on what your magic is. Because you are made of magic. And so all you have to do to make the magic happen is put yourself out there. So get on out there and do your best now, you hear?